Hello and welcome to today's episode of Hey, I Loved That Movie, the podcast where we rewatch the films we loved when we were younger to see if they still hold up. I'm Dan. I'm Michael. And I'm Helena. And for this week's episode, we watched Cats and Dogs. So, Cats and Dogs, this is, yeah, another one that I watched quite a lot as a kid. I had it on tape, and I imagine I remember it being one of those, I saw it a lot, and because we had it on tape type films. Yeah, because, you know, when we were younger, we had maybe like five VHSs, <laughs> and you just yeah. picked the same one still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your parents hate it because it's the film you watch 20 times. Exactly. My, so. uh, my not my copy of Cats and Dogs, but my, my go-to film broke quite suspiciously. <laughs> after we watched it every day for several months yeah it's the rainy day film it's the sunny day film it's the outside film it's the for fuck's sake shut up and sit down for <laughs> half an hour and give me a break film yeah <laughs> i don't think i watched this well maybe i did watch it when it came out but i certainly didn't i wasn't old enough to absorb it i'm a, a few years younger than you you keep saying that, Helena. we're the same age <laughs> yeah i'm only like maybe two years older than you guys Dan is older than us. We're, I think we're the same age. How old are you? 26. I'm 25. Oh, just. Okay. Well, yeah, but we're the same age. <laughs> okay. And I'm 84. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember anything about this film. I just remember that we had the VHS of it and I watched it a lot. I think my friend had the VHS of it and I watched it around theirs. Oh, it, was it, wasn't, it wasn't so much my friend, but like my older brother's friend who uh, okay. had, had a younger sister. So it would be a case of I would have to to go and spend time with them yeah your friend and, uh, association yes that's definitely where i remember watching this film and loving it and being strongly on the side of the cats yeah you were you were on the side of the that says a lot because mm. i think the cats are modeled after some terrible people <laughs> yes i'm probably being the cat i own now <laughs> yep violent cat that you own now should we explain how you got your cat oh yeah so this cat had been homeless for I must have seen her on the street for about a year or so. And it was just like, you know, really hot one day. I had the window open and this cat just kind of came in through the window. And I was like, I shouldn't feed this cat or it won't leave. And after about three days, I was like, this cat's not left. I should probably feed it. I mean, I've had her for, oh, six and a half years now. <laughs> yep. And she's still violent. She's not as bad. Like, I mean, since all the lockdown and everything, when I was around her a lot more, she's a lot more chill. Can you tie your shoes around her? No. <laughs> definitely not not much has changed <laughs> you've still got that street cat edge there's still that slight threat that she might sneak into the house in the middle of the night full of bombs yep as happens mm. in this movie yes as happens in the film cats and dogs the art house picture that is cats and dogs the cinematic masterpiece that is cats and dogs we should talk about that yeah exactly it, it is, is a, a masterpiece and it, it is, a masterpiece. is also a, a multimedia film with so much cgi yeah. so much puppetry and so much actual dogs doing tricks yeah, yeah the lip syncing of everything i found surprisingly good yeah like it was really yeah. really well done we should go through the film the film is about cats and dogs are spies and they are against each other yeah. and the the main character the boy his dad is a scientist also uh, jeff known goldblum. as jeff goldblum, jeff yep. goldblum. Yeah, um, jeff developing goldblum. the antidote to dog allergies which is of course make lots of people adopt dogs exactly so jeff goldblum gets to spend about an hour and a half just sniffing dogs at different points in a movie and he does it amazingly it's his jeff goldblum of course he does his performance is unhinged and unstable and it's great he isn't a great dad 
No, he's an awful dad. He's a terrible dad. Very obsessed with his work. So the film starts with the the, the dog basically maybe dying, but certainly disappearing, that belongs to this boy. Yeah. Um, and he's really upset about it. Turns out that dog was actually a long-term operative that was there to obviously keep an eye on Jeff Goldblum and his very important work. Turns out he's actually on holiday. They show a photo, like a postcard of him, like in the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah. But they course. don't tell the kid obviously they just sort of let him he's just like yeah he's not coming back is he yeah and it's one of those ones where it's like it gave me i think a bit of reassurance you know all well, oh, the dogs run away to a better place yeah. this time actually true yeah. mum goes to get a new dog there was supposed to be an intervention to make sure they got a highly trained dog operative but it operative. goes a bit wrong they get the beagle instead called lou which is short for loser yeah um yeah. at the start we do have my favorite insult of the whole movie which is where he just goes cat person <laughs> it, it is very anti-cat this it film. is very it is very anti-cat that opening scene where they get the dog so they go to a farm to get the dog don't they and mm-hmm. they the adoption are all beagles and they all get put aside for doberman yeah who yes. are training spies except for one beagle yeah they're the most military looking dogs you can yeah. get yeah the the beagle who is still there by accident because he was he was trying to escape and yes. catapulted into a wall and ended up hidden under a barrel i guess yeah now before we get to the rest of the film that farmer had a load of beagles he only had beagles beagles were his breed of dog that he bred and then one day people are coming to buy a dog he opens the door and it's just doberman and he's like well i guess i'm gonna make a sale yeah he doesn't think (laughs) he doesn't stop and question much about yeah he's just like oh they've changed size and color and and breed breed. (laughs) oh maybe i've accidentally gone to the doberman barn instead yeah. of the beagle barn because he has several barns he's got one yeah, rich breed barns of dogs yeah exactly um, do you reckon he's in on it oh <laughs> i don't know there's not really an established do the dog how, how, do the dogs recruit humans, humans. Yeah. it's not discussed at all and it's the same with the, the cats only have the guy that's in a coma essentially and her his nurse yeah because they basically like weekend at bernie just popping him around uh well the maid who is the herbology teacher in harry potter yes. makes a big fuss out of the main evil cat which looks like someone took bagpus and covered it in bleach and it's yeah. just white <laughs> well you go uh what does an evil cat look like that's what this cat looks like exactly Imagine oh, I don't know. I think for me, I um, hundred. Uh, sorry, Lady and the Tramp firmly established with me that Siamese cats are the most evil cats of all time. Yeah, but they're not mastermind. If you imagine a mastermind cat, it's this kind of white fluffy cat. I mean, I was getting yeah. like James Bond villains cat vibes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it's based on. Well, there is the Russian cat, which um, really reminds me of another film with a random Russian person in it. Seems you know. More than just a trope in uh, in the occasional film of yeah. the Russian being an explosive specialist. I mean, the cat doesn't drink vodka, at least. So doesn't he? I don't think so. I can't imagine they let a cat drink vodka in a film. I mean, they let him ex- like explode a door. Yeah, he's he's full of explosives. If that if one of those went wrong, that would be a <laughs> oh very. Oh my god! So he swallows room. them, doesn't he? And he yeah. has to like puss in boot style cough them up. He's definitely got yeah. some sort of like infinite zone of space inside of him because there's no way that cat should have had that many explosives inside of it. So he had a utility belt as well. He did, with knives on it. And throwing stars. Yeah, and like throwing claws. Yeah, which like, where do they get all them? Do they build them? Because like, same with the dogs. The dogs have this like insane underground spy infrastructure, but... 
They don't have opposable thumbs. How do they make it? <laughs> I think this is where we get to the first bit that doesn't necessarily hold up as an adult is you start to question how cats and dogs can do all of this rather than just being like, oh, the cats are like humans. And yeah, they of course they can do all of this. And it's the, the cat underworld. Yeah, the cat world. You can just, um, uh, yeah, so much more so- forgivable. Starring cat backing and baking. Whereas stuff. now you see you see a dog on dog train and you're like, well, how does that work? Exactly. Do you think like I don't know? Maybe oh, but... they slowly stole it from humans. I think they built it. I think they they are intelligent enough in that. Oh, thing. they hold hammers with their little tails. They yeah they would. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's a kind of boss baby kind of situation where there's like certain dogs get to go on to be pets and then certain dogs immediately get like recruited and have to, you know, like work on the the dog railway and work in the dog offices? I can can prove that with two words. Mm -hmm. Alec Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is the case. (laughs) Yeah, there were the beagles at the beginning who weren't trained. So I guess, yeah, there are highly trained dogs and pet dogs. And the, the pet dogs don't know about the highly trained dogs, though. No, they don't. It's a secret dog spy organization. This spy uh, dog culture in this film is dog society is fascinating. Whereas it seems to be like they've got spies and operatives in this huge system, mm. and the cat sort of has just Mr. Tinkles. Well, the cat, every cat in it seems a bit violent. There doesn't seem to be any normal cats. So I think that's just how they, they think all cats are. Whereas yeah. some dogs are normal dogs, all cats are evil cats. It was definitely made by a dog person, or werewolves, as we <laughs> like to call them. Yeah. I liked the other cat as well, the sort of the sidekick cat to the yes. main cat. Uh, one, of, one of my favourite lines in the film was uh, when the main cat's just like, I want you to stay here because I hate you. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I think whilst it is very anti-cat, it does... The cats feel get like the best line. Yeah, the cats definitely get the, the best line. There were solid jokes in this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. The movie is weird and kind of bad, but it has some solid Leslie Nielsen-style jokes. There was one joke which I obviously never understood as a child, and it's when the Alec Baldwin dog says, son of my mum, and mm. I was like, yeah. amazing. <laughs> That's a great joke. <laughs> that is, that is, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> like, that's how you that's, swear in kids' films. That's probably the like sort of first line they had for this entire movie, and they were like, right, now we what do we do with this? <laughs> there's a lot of fart jokes in this film, and there's I feel a... like those are timeless. Yeah, they are. But there's a lot of like really good visual gags, like when the evil cat is doing its plan of getting all of these rats. I can't remember what the plan was. I just know there's loads of rats. Uh, I think it was to strap Mike. watches of explosives onto them and then take down the loom. Yeah, it was hmm. to destroy them. Uh, so yeah, the mice in it are going to spread this like this different version of the drug that's going to make everyone allergic oh, to dogs. Yeah. That scene with all the mice has I, one of the better oh. best gags, which is when, and I found this funny as a kid, and I don't know what it says about me that I still find it funny, is when the cat is like, Mr. Tinkle says, uh, now if you'd open your pamphlets, and all of the little mice open little pamphlets. Oh, it's such <laughs> oh, a good joke. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> like, Turn to page three. That's such a <laughs> solid joke. It's it's like on par with uh, the bit in Wallace and Gromit, where as the rocket goes to take off, all the mice put the sunglasses on at the same time. It's like, so yeah. <laughs> I This film has such good jokes in it every now and then. And then a lot the, of uh, the, the, the driving scene where they're in the car is brilliant they've got the, the cats operating the accelerator and the brake and one, one doing <laughs> yeah. the steering wheel 
it is fantastic. Yes, it's... and the weekend of burning the oh, owner. Oh, it's so this film has really good bits in it, and I will stand by this film has some really good bits. The dogs are really good. They're really good boys. They are. Oh, the sheep dog that does all the tricks. Oh, that where was it adorable. is clearly that's not animated. That's not CGI. That's not a puppet. That is a sheepdog that has been taught to do certain tricks. During and, them. and then in other scenes, it's definitely a puppet. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of paws on sticks, which makes sense. Yep. Um, and then some the I think the worst scene is probably the Russian. Oh no, the the, nin, the ninja cat scene. Yeah. That is the scene. I think that is the scene that I would say holds up the worst, and that is purely. On CGI. Because of the CGI, yeah. uh, there was the the limitations of the CGI at the time. The fact that they look like bug-eyed creeps, and I think yeah, it's it's one of those things where if they'd if it, they'd gone down the sort of small, uh, well, not even small soldiers, but like the route where everything was animated or everything was puppets, yeah, um, or everything was live action, it would have been okay. But the fact that they mix them up just makes that see when they rely heavily on the CGI, that's not aged well. Yeah, like the the bits with the with yeah the puppets or just the actual dogs acting did hold up really nicely and yeah like that cgi cat fight it was it, you could tell it was around the time where the matrix hadn't long come out and everything yeah. was doing the sort of slow motion matrix style fighting yeah i can't remember if this is a false memory that i have but there is is there a matrix reference in that fight does it do the whole does the cat do the whole bending backwards or is my brain inserting that into the scene <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sort of remembering that now too. Just instead of Keanu Reeves' face, it's a cat. <laughs> it's that cat. Like, if it's not, they missed a trick because that's great. <laughs> I, I'm a fan that every now and then in the film there were like references to proper, like James Bond and proper spy movies. Yes. With with the the main good dog. I mean, they're all good boys. They're all great. Good dog. <laughs> Um, for the main good guy dog and the Afghan hound, and they 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 hint at a past relationship, and there are some really adult jokes when they do that, if yeah. I remember properly. And I I really liked that bit of it, where there were very clear references to the movies that it comes from. Yeah, it definitely has. It's got the jokes in there for the adults as well as the kids, so that when yeah. they're watching it for the eighteenth time in one day, hmm. it's, they can at least <laughs> like they're not funny anymore, but they're there. And that's a comforting feeling. Yeah, the um, I think one thing that I noticed a lot was the eyes in the movie. Like that's something that they they really struggle with. With when it's clearly just a bunch of dogs looking at things, versus then they try and make one of the dogs actually like look at something or move their eyes or move their mouth. The animation just goes a little bit peculiar. And you get that sort of dog or cat uncanny valley. Yeah. Yeah, like they've slightly stretched the face out a little bit. Mm. Yeah. But it's so much better than you'd think a film that came out in 2001 would have been. Yes, so much better. I just want to go back to the film as like mm -hmm. an in-universe thing. The family is stupid. Yes. The family is not a clever bunch because there's the scene where the cats want to capture the family so they can get the secret and test, like make the, the evil version of the serum to make everyone allergic to dogs. And they capture the family by sending sending tickets to a baseball game. 
Yeah. And not even one that's on. Yeah. Like the parents don't, he, this kid never entered. The parents, I think even the mum says, I don't remember you entering a competition. And they're just like, yeah, let's go. This clearly isn't a scam. Like, as an adult, I'm like, that's without... I'd be scared someone would break into my house. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, it's, as much as it sounds like a scam, the last thing I would think of is I will end up being tied up by cats while they try to take over the world. I don't know, I would jump straight to <laughs> even Even without evil cats being an option, let's say, let's take the obvious answer of there are evil cats after us. If you get, or your kid gets, a box... Just a box with tickets in, and there's a, a note saying you've won these tickets. You'd go, as a parent, you'd go, No, that's a scam. Uh, but they're like, No, let's go. And then they go to the event, and there's no other cars there, and they're still full in. This is real. <laughs> At no point are they, are they like, Let's not go. This is clearly a scam. Do the cats get away with this often? What do you think? There's multiple families where the dad is working on that exact thing. <laughs> I meant just scams. Oh, I maybe. think so. The cats seem to look after. Um, they're all owned, or at least Mr. Tinkles is owned in a very rich estate, and they ha- has an owner. Whereas the the dogs also, they all seem to be sort of. They're not allowed to have owners because they'd be too attached. Whereas the cats are like exploiting their owners. So I dare say yes, the cats do do scams, and you know if they need the house for a bit, they'll be like oh, you've won tickets to this, or, oh, you have to evacuate because of this. And whereas the dogs would never think of doing that because they're just such good boys. They're such good boys. This world, the cats and dogs world is, let's not forget they made a sequel. There's Um, three. One came out two years ago. Oh, my God. Um, But yeah, the cats and dogs universe, the in-universe people, it must be hell because these dogs are, they're way too intelligent. And then you have after the, to go back to the Russian fight scene, when all of that happens and it's done and they've wrecked the living room, there's a cleanup crew of dogs. How? <laughs> well, they hold the mops with their little tails. <laughs> but do they just buy? It's a... not just a cleanup crew either, is it? It's like it's an amazing yeah. like find it exactly how it was supposed to look crew. Like they replaced everything because everything got destroyed, and they did it really quickly. How did the dogs steal that stuff? Maybe they broke into the local IKEA. <laughs> but that's what did the dogs steal all that stuff or do they have like a magical fabricator like the dog that lives in the bin oh yeah that there's some pretty high-tech stuff going on in there yeah because are the dogs in cats and dogs hyper intelligent and way more advanced than humans are do you think there's like a, a dog steve jobs who goes out in like a, a little turtleneck and he's talking about the newest spy technology <laughs> what kind of dog would that be uh be a great dane yeah probably yeah, it'd be a great dane. exactly scooby-doo exactly Scooby-Doo. <laughs> but are the dogs the dominant species on in the cats and dogs universe because they seem to be more intelligent and more technologically advanced than the humans were yeah i think so because i mean the whole thing of them is that they're trying to stop the cats from taking over because the the cats used to be enslaving people i guess like the ancient egyptians that <laughs> they start with um, that which... was a weird scene <laughs> Yeah, because I assumed that like the Egyptians just had cats because they thought they were good luck, or they just thought they were funny. Like, you know. <laughs> but no, yeah, they were trying no, to no. take over the world. 
enslaved and then the dogs fought back. Does that mean technically the pyramids were built for the cats? As I like think so. real big yeah. scratchy posts. I mean that's entirely why I don't know why you're saying that like it's just the film, that's why it was done in real life. Oh yeah, no, of course. Yeah. 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 That's why um, that's why it's only stone now. It doesn't have the fabricy scratchy matting all over it that they used to like <laughs> trim their claws on. They slowly yeah. scratched it off over time. What do you think the Sphinx is for? <laughs> <laughs> To a big climbing tree. Exactly. <laughs> I really like that the the names again in this in this film. I really like that the dog is called Loser. Or oh, yeah. I like the fact that the yeah. mum just goes, "How about Lou? You, you're going to always think of Loser." Yeah. The kid That's... clearly didn't care what the name was at that point. <laughs> that kid hated that dog to begin with. I mean, it was the symbol of his previous dog's death. That's true, but. Like teach a kid to not be that mean to dogs. And and I mean the kid the kid was, you know, a bit too old for them to do the thing that some parents try and do, which is, oh, let's just get a dog that looks exactly the same. It's very hard to do that with an adult dog and a puppy. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I think any child would notice if you were like <laughs> but it's a lot smaller than the last one. Oh yeah, well Jeff Goldblum put it through his doggy <laughs> shrinking ray. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a flashed memory from the film and it's messed up. When they first get, when the family first get Lou and he goes outside for the first time and runs around, a bone drops down from the sky. Yes. And then he goes to eat it and the other good dog saves him and throws it away and it explodes. Am I yep. remembering that right? Yeah. Yeah, that kid was going to be traumatized. The cats really hold no prisoners. Yeah, no, those cats are violent because if he did grab it, the exploded dog all over the garden that's a lot harder to explain than the dog suddenly running away as well yeah because i i remember thinking i was like what if that had of had worked how would the parents explain that away what happened to the new dog it, exploded. Uh, it, it is easier to replace a beagle puppy that's true yeah, it the did, guy it, did have like six more. It's fine. It exploded. The dog, when it got home, it exploded in the garden. Maybe you shouldn't sell that family another dog. Would you tell the breeder? Would you be like, we, or would you be like, we love the puppy so much, we want one of his brothers? <laughs> we want a second beagle. <laughs> what happened to the first one? I don't know. It's fine. It's a And you hear him on the phone. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, he's here. Oh. Just as she's staring dead eyed at the mess of what's left of Lou <laughs> in the garden. Jeff Goldblum just picking up bits to put in jars to like try and create cures out of. <laughs> just Jeff Goldblum there with a hose hosing down the gore. She's just, can't you hear him? He's just like, he picks up, he's still got the uh, the tail and the back legs. That's the only bit still intact. And he's like, I can use this. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Honey, we don't need another one. <laughs> it's fine. saves me a really messy job I wasn't looking forward to. Exactly. And then instead of the dog accidentally kicking the football down there, he just maybe drops the, the back half of a dog and it ruins his lap. Well, no, because if you take Lou out of the film, then that means that the Russian can be successful in his plan. And I don't think we ever went into what, what the, that cat's plan was. And it was he strapped a bomb to the house. Now, how do you explain that? Well, I think I think he was trying to stop because at that point they hadn't actually completed the research. Yeah. So I think it was they were trying to stop the research, just like, you know, maybe say it was a lab accident or something. So it was only when he'd actually completed the formula that the cats changed and were like, oh, we can we can use this and use this to our advantage. But any police investigation into the bombing of a house they would go they would absolutely know that there was an explosive they... industrial espionage 
Industri- yeah, that's yeah. In- extreme industrial espionage. Yeah, this, I mean, this is big pharma coming after your dog allergy meds. Maybe they developed a similar one, but it's not as good, so they have to take out the competition. Maybe, yeah. they, maybe as soon as it explodes, they have a little doggy cleanup crew that quickly rebuilds the house so no one notices. <laughs> or maybe the sniffer dogs that work for the police are in on it. Oh, possibly. Ooh. So they'll keep the humans unawares, even if it means more work for them against the cats. Humans unawares of what? The exploding house? No, the fact that the cats have explosives the, the cats have, yeah so that's yeah i mean if we talk yeah the dog's making a giant underground spy network how do the cats make explosives that's uh i guess they can just do what they want probably and holding their little tails. <laughs> not to poke a glaring hole in this totally unflawed uh, i mean it's, well. a, it's a kid's movie but you know flaws no we take the logic seriously talk, in this podcast all, all dogs and cats and i assume mice because they can read talk why don't dogs talk normally like the ones that don't know about the doggy underworld i guess they're just taught not to talk but he's just raised by other puppies in a farm i I guess it's the tradition of don't talk to the humans brings (laughs) up a good point wouldn't you want to jump the gun and be like oh we dogs can talk the cats are evil and trying to take over oh yeah last night a cat broke in and tried to strap a bomb to the door you know and and like if a human child says that, the parents would go, absolutely not, you're lying, you little shit. But if a dog said it... They'd go, holy shit, talking dog. <laughs> yeah. Pull the card first is what I'm saying. If you're a talking dog and you know that there are evil cats trying to take over the world, tell the humans and then they can stop the cats. Especially a human that's like entire life is dedicated to try and help people love dogs more and not have yeah. allergies. Yeah. Why are they keeping it a secret? I mean, there's the scene where Tinkles does speak to the maid yeah. and she faints. Yes, that maybe. And she then forgets right. that it happened or assumes it was, you know, a dream or whatever. So is that maybe what happens every time a human, a dog tries to speak to a human, they just sort of pass out and then forget it happened? Do talking dog movies exist in the cat and dog universe? What, like Airbird or? Yeah, like is that just a hangover of, of people <laughs> passing out because they saw dogs talk? I mean, it'd be a lot easier to get the dogs to talk in the movies that they're making because <laughs> they <Yeah>. can actually <laughs> talk. It'd probably be less do. of a plot hook though. That's yeah. true. But I think it's now. Nah, I think it's more like you know how people in zombie movies have never seen zombie movies. Yeah, zombie movies. Or, That's a good point. Yeah, or maybe they do exist, and it's dogs trying to slowly get people used to the idea of them talking. Oh, like in Paul, where they like introduce the idea of aliens looking like Paul to make it better for like if aliens do come to yeah Earth. yeah exactly because the dogs are the dominant species. And one day they'll take over the world. One day they will take over the world. Now that's the cats. I think it's more the, the dogs feel like they could take over the world, but they don't want to. Yeah, who's going to yeah. give them fusses if they... Uh, you know. Yeah, that's true. They can't give each other huggles because they can't scratch us. They no. can't do it with their claws. It's not as good getting a treat if you give it to yourself. Yeah. And like the cats, you know, they seem... Like the dogs seem to be way more advanced in like what they have at their disposal than the, the cats. I think the dogs are just more organised. Yeah. The, the cats are too independent, so it's all whatever Tinkles yeah. can come up with, rather than... The cats feel way more guerrilla warfare. <laughs> is cats and dogs set in the same universe as James Bond? Oh, I hope so. That means that Jeff Goldblum is in the Bond universe. Is he anyway? I don't know. I've never seen a James Bond movie. I don't think he is. I think it's one of the one of the few franchises he isn't in. Does he make it into the sequel? I don't know. I have no idea. I Honestly, I watched this film, and then a lot of it vanished. <laughs> from my brain and i'm just remembering it now in like vietnam style flashbacks 
Well, the third one came out last year called Cats and Dogs 3 Paws Unite. Cats and Dogs 2, however. Oh, it's got Ooh. James Marsden in it. Yes, that's the one, yeah. Oh, Neil Patrick Harris is Lou in that one. Is he Lou in the first one? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look into this film. I watched it and then I was like, huh. That was weird, and then I forgot. I definitely enjoyed it more as a kid, but it was fun watching it as an adult. It was heartwarming. Um, I mean, I was I was getting worked up about the anti-cat propaganda in it, but, you know, it didn't ruin my day. Um, there was <laughs> so, no scary bit. Like, it, I wasn't particularly worried that they were actually going to kill the kid at any it, point. It did miss the early 2000s kids' horror section yes. of the film, which every good... <gasps> early 2000s film has. Sorry, I just remembered who voiced Lou in the first one. It's Tobey Maguire. Oh my god, it is. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Tobey Maguire's performance in this film was inspired by Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Oh, I'm not surprised. Um, if you're at trivia, I have the one last note I have for Cats and Dogs. It is a piece of trivia that I found out, which is, uh, yeah, apparently they used peanut butter to get the dogs to lick things that they needed them to, including their own genitals. Uh, I'm guessing they mean the dogs and not <laughs> the people with the yeah, peanut butter. Yeah, I, I don't remember that happening in the film. <laughs> oh, that, that comes up in, in goofs as well, actually. But I don't think it's an actual goof. I think it's a deliberate goof. As anyone who's ever owned a male dog will know, they have penises actually you don't need to own the dog to know that um <laughs> they do use a male beagle most of the time but when he's having belly scratching two belly scratching scenes a female double is used instead and i reckon it's because there was too much, there's too much peen going on yeah this film must have been awful to film it must have been awful <laughs> don't work with children or animals so they made a film a children's <laughs> film about talking animals <laughs> It must have been hell, because you can't get dogs to do what you want, especially if there's 12 of them. And then the cat, I think the cats were mostly puppets and CGI, and I get that because cats are worse. Cats will just do what they want. Yeah, can't control cats. They are anarchists and the cat. Nope, that didn't work. <laughs> I'm not editing that out. That's no, I know. I know you're not. I know you're not. And I'm running it through my head right now. And thank you. <laughs> I, that has completely thrown <laughs> <laughs> my brain. My brain went on full stop. A <laughs> hard break to come up with that joke, <laughs> and then the rest of the sentence would just vanish. And the rest of the movie has now just gone from your yeah. memories. I mean, it uh, also ends with an entire factory exploding. Yeah, yeah. How do they explode? Did they build? Do you reckon they got the dogs in to rebuild the factory? They might have done. Or Does just... the guy die? Does the old man? I don't think he pass does. away because he goes. She goes. Oh, oh no, he doesn't, does he? Because Tinkles gets taken away for being too naughty. Yeah, and then lives with the uh, with the maid who then dresses yeah. him up in cute little outfits. Yes, with her. He does a calendar. Too. Yeah, I would love that calendar. To be fair, if I was going to get any cats and dogs merch, it would be the the cat calendar. I would definitely love a two thousand and two calendar. <laughs> Of cats and dogs. Hope so it syncs up with the days. For twenty twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> there's um there's some interesting taglines for the film. There's there's a two two that I can see because there's one that really implies that it's going to be a little bit less clear cut who were the bad guys. Where it goes, um, cats and dogs. 
who will you root for? And the then, well, the I mean, clearly you were rooting for, you were for the cats. For cats. Well, I wasn't rooting for them, but I just, I was more, I was just kind of sat there quite impressed about what they'd got up to. I'm here for the morally grey cats and dogs, though. Um, I can't imagine what it would look like, but the the sub uh, subline uh, subheading is things are going to get hairy. That is, that is a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, as a pet owner, I can confirm. Pet. Hang on. So I'm just looking at the poster for this. And I mean, I'm sure there's been posters like this before. But any movie I can think of that has a poster like this came out after, such as, I think, one of the final Harry Potter ones. Or Captain America Civil War, which is just the two teams lining up staring at each other. Yeah, Cats and Dogs was the first uh, superhero movie poster. Exactly. Yeah, they invented Um, it. They've even got the slight colour scheme of the blue and orange. Yeah, we can confirm that. They were the first of the blue and orange posters. <laughs> it did also come out before the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, so yeah. definitely confirmed, 100%. Yep, absolutely confirmed. Um, so guys, how many... I think how well, many good boys out of 10 do we find well, this movie? It's 10 out of 10 good boys, because there are 10 out of 10 good boys. They're all good yeah, boys. The boys are all good. All good how boys. many... But... How many Russian spy hairball gadgets out of 10? (laughs) How many explosives that that cat had in its stomach out of 10? (laughs) Because that was the most visceral thing of the whole film, and that's going to stick with me forever. Mm. But That sound does put me on edge. Yeah. Oh, no, same. I'm going to say four for me. Four uh, Russian spy uh, hairball gadgets out of 10 because that good film there are some solid jokes but quite a lot of it is just weird and it doesn't hold up well well i'm gonna go total opposite and say it's a nine nine gross hairball explosives out of 10 for me um the thing that lets it down i think is the of just the, the poorly aged cgi but everything else it's fun it's silly it doesn't you know, it leaves yeah. you with more questions than it answers. <laughs> um, introspective. Do you think it it's answered in the sequel? Think... I doubt I it. I doubt it. No, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on the limb and say absolutely not. Each sequel was made about ten years after that. So the first one was 2001. The sequel was 2010, and then one came out last year in 2020. I can't wait for the fourth one in 2013. In, in oh, ten years' time. Cats and dogs paws unite, uh, which is the third film. Yeah, I think they're friends. What animal are they fighting? Is it, it? It's got to be like a Carnage or a or, or a that one. From oh, it's, it's standalone sequel. Oh, so it's, oh, it's different. Yeah, but they're definitely teaming up. So, what what animal do you think they're fighting? Because I'm gonna say horses. <laughs> God, I hope so. Oh God, I hope so. Because the idea of um, horses being the thing that these dogs and cats are fighting, it's incorrect. The idea that horses have an underground network system <laughs> that they use. I mean, it's one thing when they don't have thumbs, but if they don't even have hands. It would be those open hallways. It would be so much just clopping about. There's probably just some like horrific scenes of a horse just kicking like, a cat across <laughs> a room. <laughs> In all the posters I can oh see, one of the dogs is wearing glasses and a little hat. <laughs> they really lean into the the poop humor in the third film. Actually, I I um. Have you seen it? I ha- no. Oh, you're saying horses, which like oh, I wish. I really hope. I think it's going to be like rats, or it's going to be the mice with the they kept reading that pamphlet so do you guys want me to spoil it for you uh well i've just seen in the start of a trailer it looks like there may be a tarantula 
So if they're fighting what? spiders, that's terrifying. <laughs> it's kind of pet shop animals. Yeah. So it's they're fighting the pet shop boys. Yeah, I can't believe it. I'm not saying that this film doesn't have a solid plot line, but I have read two plot summaries and I still have absolutely no idea. Maybe they what just film. Maybe they just filmed some cats and dogs wandering around a pet shop for two hours and were like, yeah, we can make some out of that. So there's two fart agents, that's furry animals rivalry termination agents, and they're attacked by a computer. There's a computer attack. I don't know, something oh. to do with, uh, there's a hacker. I, I get the feeling they didn't put all of their love and care into this film. No, I don't. I like think it's sort of got first. the Mean Girls, it's got Mean Girls 2 vibes to it, where it's like, we'll take the name. Lou doesn't make an appearance. No. That's a shame. Oh, yeah, but I still need to rate it. I, I'd probably rate it a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before he went off on a tangent about possible cats and dogs versus horses. Yeah, cats v. dogs, dawn of justice kind of thing. Yep. I, I'd probably give it a six rival horses out of ten, um, <laughs> which I think is about in the middle of, of you guys' scores. Yeah, um, six horse buys out of ten. Yeah, definitely. God, well, imagine was... a horse parachuting down. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Uh, why is this not the sequel that was made? I like the yeah. idea of a, an evil hacker horse, well. horse. <laughs> slapping a keyboard. It's a real big keyboard. Just a horse with a headphones on, <laughs> like at the top of the head. Yeah, they've got, <laughs> they, 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 they can use human headphones and just a really, but like a really long <laughs> microphone game. <laughs> And with that, I've been Dan. I've been Michael. And I've been Helena. And you can find us on Twitter at Hilton Pod. That is at H I L T M Pod. And we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you could leave us a review, that would be great. Let us know how many explosive hairballs or spy horses out of 10 you would give this podcast. Meow, 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 meow,